What's up, fam? Welcome back to another interview on That's The Angle. In this episode, I am joined with Chef Roro or Roro's World, as you might know him on Instagram, or maybe you've seen his big red Lebanese food truck running around Washington, D.C. I don't know, one or the other, but he is a great dude, a super big heart, and just overall really, really nice guy. Uh, we, we had some really fun conversations, so I, I really think you guys are uh, going to enjoy this episode. And also, you can watch this episode on YouTube. Um, it's youtube.com slash the Bruce Allen if you are interested in seeing what he looks like or interested in seeing what I look like. Hey. And also, um, this podcast is sponsorless. That kind of sucks because a sponsor would be dope. And also your boy would like to make a little bit of rent money. So hey, just throwing that out there in case you're listening and you got some ideas. <laughs> Anyways, guys, enjoy the episode. See ya. You know, like to like to make jokes. Chicken cross the road, all the Dude, all the good jazz. I've recently become a huge fan of stand up comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like a huge fan. Like, I, I've been going, like, once, at least once a week for the last, there's, like, few I months. Say, there's a great underground circuit around here. Not to mention, I mean, you just have DC Improv. You have uh, fucking uh, the Anthem, 930 Club. They got all these spots for people to go. I found the underground comedy is really sick in DC. Yeah, but I say there's a lot of, like, you know, not big name people, but they're just, they're quality comics. They're, like, trying to work through the mm-hmm. material and build it up and, you know, get to that big comic status. So, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of bars around here. Like Smith Commons, I think they even just... Do they? Yeah, I think they do. An open Dude, I've, I've been in some random places in D.C. I'm like, what the hell? They do stand-up? But then I was, like, looking at the stand-up, and I was like, oh, this is so cheesy. <laughs> so can't believe you've done it, though, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, for fun. My, more just, like, as, like, my open therapy session. You know, How was like, the set? Was it good? It was good. It was not not terrible for the first time. Did you get like some laughs? The first and second time doing it. Yeah, yeah, I did it okay. You know, it was, like, two, three-minute sets as, like, a beginner. Like, in the open mic scene, they give you, like, three-minute sets, two-minute sets or something before you get, like, five, ten, well, to fifteen. Minutes. I feel like any more than two, three minutes and you're just be like, ugh. Yeah, there's, there's sometimes where, like, people get up on stage and they're doing, like, a five, ten, or fifteen-minute routine. And then they're just, like... Like you get, they get to a point where they're just like, shit, man. All right, I'm just gonna try some new material on you guys. <laughs> like run out of stuff. They're dude, like, fuck, dude. It's 100, man. Like, I, I've I've low key been keeping a notes tab in my phone of mm. stand up bits. Uh, like for, in a weird way, this this year I want to try doing like, like you, a, you're you're like voice memo stand up bits. Yeah, oh, yeah. See, I do the same thing. I record voice memos when I felt like think of something funny. I'm like, yeah, like I almost killed this Uber like old lady driver today. I can make a joke out of that somehow. Yeah, like I, I, I always, I always try to like turn it into like a, like a, like a bit. I, I don't do voicemail. I, I just do like a memo. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Like, sorry, like like a, like a, a note. Notes, notes, so notes. So like yeah. I had this, some random thing happen to me the week where it was something about how uh, like girls and their breast size. How you can always just tell how big their breasts are by looking at them, but with guys you can't tell how big their dicks are by looking at them. And I was just like, I was just like, what if, what if there was some way you could tell? Well, I was just like, oh, just he's like got a, a small one. Oh, sorry. Yeah, like an A B C D system for cocks. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's great looks but we can we can clearly see he's got a d dick yeah he's definitely a deer so <laughs> i don't know <laughs> hey guys uh welcome back to that's the angle and today i am joined with roro or should i say chef roro or roro with lebanese yeah, roro's cool man. No. i like to keep it <laughs> keep it relaxed yeah i don't know which one you prefer yeah yeah, yeah whatever man yeah, we're friends we're friends yeah it's cool man dude it was cool seeing you last night uh in your element oh yeah yeah i appreciate you coming by yeah so that was uh callie's art show that was super cool she uh she like only been painting for like five or six months, and then she had posted something on on, uh, on on IG, and she she was talking about her show, 
So I hit her up and I was just like, hey, who do you have doing your food? She was like, no one yet. I haven't decided. And I was like, listen, I'll do it for free if you let me come and try out some new stuff. I like I wanted to play around because I've always been wanting to get into the pop up scene. But I feel like from like a business standpoint, doing pop ups is like how you build yourself up. Mm. And I, I mean, I already have a restaurant, I already have a food truck. It's not like I'm too good for pop ups, but. Pop-ups is more like the creative, like building yourself out there. Yeah, it's like, it's like getting marketing. like a niche, getting in yeah, like little like, tiny I, things. Because when I started, I was like, well, first I was like cooking out of my mom's kitchen. And then I literally, you know, I was, I'm, I'm a gym rat. I'm always at the gym. So I literally went to one of my gym friends, like friends that worked there. And I was like, yo, could I do a demo setup? So like that was like two, three years ago. I would be like at Export Golds, like in the area, <laughs> yeah, just export. like setting up same thing, like setting up a table, just giving out free bites, giving out my card, telling them, hey, follow me on media. This is what it is. This is where I am. You know, just hustling, trying to get my name out there. So for a while now, I've been wanting to get back into that scene just because I'm always going to Archers. Like that's, uh, you know, I went to your uh, your photography exhibit. The, yeah. Uh, the uh, Asian. Uh, exotic Asian, Goods. Exotic yeah, yeah, Goods. Exotic Goods. Yeah. So I went, went and saw that. Like I'm always a fan of that stuff. Yeah. And I was like, especially connecting with people, like supporting that that art scene because for me cooking is my art that's my craft that's mm. how i express myself and you know my story i guess yeah so. i mean it was it was cool seeing you there because you had you had the the vegan gyro the yeah, hummus yeah. dip and what was the other thing you were saying uh, i did a falafel burger with uh like middle eastern mac sauce like big mac sauce. dude you are going for it <laughs> i mean shit yeah i mean why not you know we only what is it yolo i guess i don't want to say that but you do you only have like one life to live and kind of, you know, I was in a point in my life where I took my life for granted. Mm. So after that point, it was just like a new version of myself. Because like you're telling, like you're trying to find my name out, right? Like people always tell me, like my, my high school. Well, you're Roro. You're Roro. Yeah, like yeah. You're, 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 my, you're, my, you're my friend, my buddy Roro. And then like <laughs> you just happen to be doing a bunch of cool shit. And I'm like, I got to have that guy in the podcast because everything he's doing, I feel like you're super ambitious in what you do. Mm -hmm. But also the way you approach it is super... Um, super smart yeah like, i try man uh learned my dad you know kind of the family business so my parents are from lebanon people think like people always look at me and they're like oh this tall white dude like no, i'm actually really middle eastern they're like why did you do like lebanese food like what's the like most people most time people like even when they come up to my food truck or something they think like i'm i'm just an employee or i'm just a cashier like no nah, like i'm the owner <laughs> like i love what i do so i'm always well, doing it's, it it's because you look really young yeah that too i guess Dude, how old are you uh, i'm 28 yeah, oh, I shit. Not, I, I why, why do you think you were younger than that? Yeah, I'm going to say, I don't know. <laughs> younger, older. Fuck, I'm 28 too, man. Cheers to that. <laughs> yeah, cheers, man. Yeah, man. Cheers. It's crazy. I thought, I thought you were like 23, 24. Yeah. That, that still doesn't change everything you're doing, though. No, I know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I've, uh, in my 28 years of living, I guess I've had uh, a lot of bad and a lot of good things. So I've learned a lot in my mm -hmm. 28 years, and I still got a lot to learn. Let me say that. But Dude, so I'm just kind of moving through. You're 28 and you own a restaurant and a food truck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I have a, re my restaurant's in Alexandria. It's like a hole in the wall spot, you know, it's mm -hmm. a small deli spot, like in a warehouse district. So that's why that's, you know, business mindset. That's why I did the truck. I was oh. to get into DC, get into the events, get Wh into which, the which came market. first, which came first. The, the deli came first. So, oh, so oh, my oh. dad owns the, uh, so my father, my parents came from Lebanon. They, they immigrated over to New York. So I'm from mm -hmm. Brooklyn originally. Oh shit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we moved out here. Uh, so your first gen Emmy. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh, I tell people like I'm Lebanese, like, no, I'm dead ass Lebanese. Like I've grew up like the foreign American dream kind of route. You know, my dad was chasing that. My mom and him, uh, built a homeless company, uh, together. And that's why we moved out. You, to you said hummus. Yeah. They said homeless. I was like, hummus? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, hummus is the family business. So when people are always like, you know, checking, like when I'm on the table, like when you saw me last night, I've been doing whole food 
demo since I was like fucking nine or ten. Man. Oh, so you've been in the game for yeah, a while. Yeah, I've, I've been in the food business all my life. I, was, I wasn't sure if you were just coming into it like you were just like spontaneous, like, I'm going to open a food truck. But dude, this is like in your blood. <laughs> no, like yeah, I mean, it was funny, food, actually. Like, one of my college buddies had come into town. He lives out in St. Louis. He came into town like a couple weekends ago, and we got, like me and all my college buddies, we got together, and we were all talking, and like, you know, I've known them since like my freshman year of college, and they were like, man, I remember we were in fucking study hall, and you were never doing work, and you were always sitting there on your notepad writing out recipes, talking about no how shit. one day you were going to like open up a food truck and you were going to like be a chef and like you actually fucking like did it like that's like <laughs> I told you I was a lying guys like, dude swear. I can't tell you how many times I've sat and smoked a blunt with friends and we're all just like let's open a food truck <laughs> yeah man let's do it shit I get sober people all the time they come up to me and they're like yo like I want to open up a food truck like how easy is it and I'm like whoa 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 that's the first point you got wrong this shit is not easy dude, at so all. It's, not, it's not easy to open no food man the food truck game it's honestly like you know you know looking at it from just an objective perspective and you know, also being experienced in it it's it's a it's a it's not a dying business but it's oversaturated there's food trucks everywhere there's not you know there's only so many streets i mean think about it like when you're driving into dc how fucking hard it is for you to find parking that's the same thing for a food truck but that's our business that's our livelihood like if i don't get a parking space i don't make money that day mm. or if i don't get like the best parking space then i'm not like maximizing my financial oh, output that so you, day. you have to wake up like super early for something like that yeah, or sometimes in the middle of the night man like my first year so i've run my food truck's been open now for a full year and a half nice dude but so like now i'm going into my second like full season of running full summer because spring summer fall that's your high season right yeah so you, most trucks take off during the winter i usually don't just because I, I, i'm just obsessed with working so i'm always working through the winter it's a shit. fact <laughs> but uh yeah so like people people uh people don't understand like how saturated the market is and how how like, tough it is like how how saturated are we talking about because i i'm I've, i vividly remember food trucks being like the thing a couple like three or four years ago but yeah now that was, that was the trend yeah now it's on the it's on the down it's on the decline man really too many trucks too many regulations now not enough parking spaces plus i mean a cava a chipotle a new concept fast casual popping up on every corner that's I mean, very people don't true. think about that. Like when it comes to the food businesses, they don't think about that when they're walking down, you know, U Street or H Street. Like every time they turn and look, they see another food spot, but they don't understand behind that food spot. You know, it's it's a family. It's a you know, it's a couple. It's it's a it's a woman. It's a man. It's someone behind that. That's their livelihood. And you coming into their shop and you buying from them or you leaving them a kind Yelp review is like the biggest. Like it's it's the driving factor behind them. It fuels them. It keeps mm. them sustained. It keeps them going. Because that's the thing, man. People don't. Like people like on my media, like, you know, because I, I have my personal branding and then I have my business branding. Like, you know, I have my Roro, Chef Roro's World Instagram and then I have my Roro's Lebanese Instagram. A lot of people like sometimes they confuse the two or don't know about one or well, the other. Well, well, like like what you were saying with, um, with uh, you know, that real reality is that like it really is someone's piece of living their love, everything that they're giving to you to taste and like your money means so much. It's like yeah. the fact that you have that romantic view is really cool. It's like when you serve someone, it's like, okay, like here we go. I'm presenting myself and everything to you. It's like, and now it's oversaturated. I mean, like, isn't, aren't there kind of weird rules about food trucks too? Like I know there's a lot of unwritten laws and unwritten, but like, like, you know, nowadays I think recently there was like, what was it like five, six months ago, there was an article or an NBC like news thing about how food truckers like were squatting on spots, like leaving their cars there the night before coming the next day, switching out their car and their truck. Like, you know, trucks do do that. That makes sense, though, in a weird way. Like, when you describe it, like, it's all about the location, the parking yeah. spot, then, like, why wouldn't you do that? That You're just hustling. Yeah, because if you know you park, like, if, if I know I park on 20 Massachusetts Avenue, right in front of Union mm-hmm. Station, and if I park there every day in the same spot, I can do 
80 to 90 people at say nine, ten dollars a person, you do the math, that's a grand I'm making every single day. Like, tell me not to do that and tell me I can't do that. I'm gonna keep trying to do that because of course that's yeah. how I feed myself, that's how I, you know, feed my employees. I pay their paychecks, they go home and they're having a happy life because they can afford to support their family. So telling someone they can't do that or don't to do that, like wag their finger at them like I'm out here hustling, man. I'm well, out who, here trying to make saying, my dreams. Who's through. saying you can't do that? Sometimes, man, DC, man, they, 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 uh, you know, when it comes to that, they're, they're trying to squeeze down and regulate because it's tough for the city because in the food market, there's levels to the food business. So it's like mm. food trucks is a little bit on the lower end of the game. You know, it's people always think like the easiest the, point of entry. Yeah, it's I guess, the easiest point of entry. Exactly. It's the lowest overhead to buy a food truck, to run a food truck, to build, you know, to run one or two staff members on it and make money because mm. you're out the street. You can do high volume in two or three hours. And then, you know, the second level, the fast casuals, the Chipotle's, the Cava's, all those sprinkled around. So now DC has to do its best to offer a competitive market for not only the food trucks, but also for the restaurants. Do you think that you actually, do you think that food trucks actually get in the way of brick and mortar businesses? Because I know that's like the, they do. I mean, we're, it's competitors. I mean, it's the same thing. It's like if, you know, Chipotle opened there and then a Codoba opened up right next to it be like, what the fuck's going on? Well, I I think a lot of times they think in terms of like, oh, you're parked right in front of my store, but it's like, how can you not? end up being parked in front of someone's restaurant. Well, that's the thing, you know, when it comes to the food truck industry, you know, I like mentioned, like there's that unwritten part of it. Like there's a shady side to it too, where it's like other food trucks, you know, just competitors in your business, just in general, like in the food truck business specifically, like I've had my tires slashed. I've had my brake line in front of my truck. Yeah, man, I've had to like, I like my first year running, man, when I was like, I was in Georgetown, I was running a spot in Georgetown and it was a great spot. You like, know. like, like, like a spot you found or no, something? no, a spot other trucks would run on okay. Thomas Jefferson street, right next to like the, uh, bacon wire. <laughs> it shop. almost sounds like, it's like, this is my hooking spot. Don't you come yeah, to yeah, my like block. I mean, like, that's how it is. Like, this is my block. Don't you fucking yeah, come exactly. here. Exactly. You're on your block trying to protect your territory, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, slang your material, whatever <laughs> yeah, it is. You're, <laughs> you're slanging hummus, bro. Yeah, I'm slanging hummus and shawarma out there. So it's like one of those things where it's like, like I was parking there and then there was another Middle Eastern food truck that, you know, I was, I was out competing. I was out serving. I was doing better customer service, better food. So more people were coming to mind than, than his, but you know, he decided that instead of leveling up his game, instead of increasing, you know, upping his marketing, Mm. getting out in front of his truck and, you know, customer service, selling himself a little bit better or doing a better menu, doing better food. Instead of pushing himself, he focused on attacking me. And the next time I parked there, my tire was slashed on my truck. So I ended up, I literally ran that entire shift with my food truck, like slanted sideways. <laughs> my kid, like literally every time I set down a plate to like sauce or garnish or finish, it would like slide down the line and I had to like move with the plate <laughs> as it would go. Literally just like saucing as I moved. How'd you know, how'd you know it was him though? How'd you know that he did it? Because out of all the other food trucks there, well, like obsessively, you know, <laughs> also side story. I literally that night was so angry about it. I like spent the entire night in my car my personal car sitting in that Georgetown spot waiting to see who would show up at that time because you know I tried I figured it out like it, it happened before 7 a.m because I got to my truck at like 7 30 a.m like went to run it so I know he was the only one that was there that, that early I know he was looking at me angry the last time I was Damn. you know had a line in front of my truck yeah. and he didn't I was like who else would have had the motive to do it I mean I don't know 100% if it was him but I watch enough CSI and law in order to like <laughs> pin, pin it down to like a small group of who it was <laughs> dude that's crazy I would do you, does he not know you're just a giant human being? That you that's, yeah, that's the thing too. It's like when I'm, you know, cause when you're on a food truck working, you're looking from the window perspective. You don't see how tall I am. Cause I actually had to get my food truck custom built. It had to be raised two inches or no, two feet, excuse like, me. Like the roof? Top, yeah, the roof had to be built two feet higher because of me. Cause if not, I might, I would have broke my neck like working. There. <laughs> like literally when I walked in, when I was first buying my truck, like my head was like tilted and crunched like this trying to walk through. And I was like, no, nah, no, nah. like I work my food truck. Like I'm not just running it with a, like a staff, like I'm cooking and I'm serving and I'm on it. So 
I gotta fix this shit. I gotta raise the roof on this motherfucker. Yeah, you're gonna <laughs> end up with like a hunched back. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, and my yeah. back still hurts when I'm working because I always gotta like go down. Yeah, it's always like a like a yeah. lean. Yeah, you always gotta lean forward to serve and to talk and to like give a ticket or something, give the food or something. So it's definitely, I'm happy I did that now. But yeah, the food. I mean, it's just a competitive market. You know, when you have your competitors that don't focus on themselves and improving themselves, they're gonna focus on you know taking you down. So well, sometimes you have to deal with that. I, I feel like you. You do so well also because of how like social media savvy you are and also the fact that you have like a great personal brand, which is something I thought that was very interesting. I'm like, I see a lot of food trucks, but I don't see many food trucks that are as like uh, consumer facing as you are. Like you're yeah. always on your story like, yo guys, we're here, we're here. Yeah. And, like you make it so easy for people to approach it and to be like, oh, I love this guy, Roro. Like yeah. let me go support his food truck. Whereas I, I feel like sometimes you see food trucks and you're like, oh, this is like an old dude who just yeah, kind of started it. That's the thing. It doesn't man. feel as passionate. One thing I learned very young and also, you know, still learning now is, uh, you know, it's business. It, good business is is about good people. Mm. You know, if, if you treat the people well, if you if you have a genuine and honest message to the people, then they're willing to invest, to consume, to purchase whatever your product is, whether it's food, whether it's art, whether yeah. it's photography, you know, whether it's you know, fucking Apple. Like, you know, you don't buy those things because of like how amazing they are or something. You know, they usually get that way because so many people buy it. But, you know, in, in essence, you know, the reason why you buy Apple is because it has the Apple logo on it. Because when you walk into an Apple store, well, you, it's branded so well. You know what it their stands for. Yeah, what their customer service is so awesome. The Steve Jobs story, you know. all It's, it's always, it's about, it's about what are you providing them that will make their lives better? Like, why are they going to come to you? And for me, it's always been about, it's always been about exchange of energy. You know, for mm. me, you know, I've always been kind of like, you know, in my past, kind of usually more negative, more internal like i'm usually an introvert man like mm. this the social media thing was something i had to work at the marketing was something i had to work at and get better at putting myself out there more was that a conscious effort like you being more personal brand driving it and stuff like that well it honestly like you know my instagram i started my personal instagram like you know when it first came out back when i was like in college and i just did it for myself i was like nostalgic you know i always wanted pictures to have memories and stuff yeah. and then you know then i picked up on how it could benefit you personally professionally and then I was like, you know, I, when I first started the Roro's page, you know, when I first started my page, I had like 20 followers that were all friends and families. When I started my Roro's page, I had maybe 10 from that 20 that were followers of family. Business pages are hard. Yeah, that followed my business. So it was like, I, I you know, it was funny. It was a learned lesson because I went to Yelp uh, and I was like trying to do a marketing thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, they can push my business. And they were trying to make sales, trying to get me to pay for marketing. And then I got caught in a year contract that I shouldn't have been in. That was a bad decision move on my part. What do you, you mean know, a year contract doing what? Like the year contract, I pay this much a month. They push my Yelp page and my website and my Instagram handle like on the Yelp page oh. higher than others. Because that's what you have to do as a restaurant. You have to pay like SEO traffic, you know, search engine traffic. A lot so of So would they leave like pay. reviews and likes and stuff? No, no, they won't leave. It's not like Instagram where you can like buy followers and okay, likes. Okay. They won't leave likes, but they'll make, they'll push your trap, your page to come up on Google searches for Mediterranean, for Lebanese food a little bit more than others because you bought the premium package. Well, that makes sense. It's like SEO. Yeah, it's SEO like traffic. That's all. That's what it is. So I got caught in it, but I was too small at that point to warrant to fit even matter yeah yeah so in in defense of them you know it was too yeah it was too i was too small i just starting 
So it, 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 it wasn't a good, you know, connection to get that, you know, it wasn't a good spark to get the fuel and the fire going. Oh, sorry. Oh, you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a good, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a good uh, move on my part at that point. So then I, you know, I got caught in that contract. I was paying for it while I was paying for everything else. Dang. While I wasn't making as, you know, not as many people knew about me. So it was a bad move. And then I was, like, it, was it hard those, like you said, you've only been in business for a year, but to me now I see you like selling out all the time and stuff, but like, was it, really tough those first few months and so you're like yeah i'm just gonna pay for this oh like, yeah how, cra- how crazy was it when you first started like i can't imagine what it must be i mean like you know the food industry like you mm. know what it's like to run a restaurant with your from your parents so it's like you at least get that which is like yeah half the battle i get the bones of everything yeah like that's the hard work like but people how to don't understand recipe. like like and for me like when i opened up my restaurant when i opened up my food truck i read countless books watched countless youtube videos like stayed up till like four or five in the morning, just like researching, looking up other stuff, like trying to teach myself as much as I could. And as much as I taught myself, nothing compares to actually putting boots to pavement, to getting on the ground and running and executing. Because you can't plan for life. You can't plan for variables to happen. And when they do, what the fuck, like what page do I turn into in the book to find out how to do this, you know, to solve this So how crazy was it like getting the food truck in order and let alone being like, oh shit, what do I do now? Yeah, oh man, it's funny, yo. Like the first two weeks, the first week I tried to run my truck, I literally couldn't turn on my truck right. I had read the manual like 10 times. I had practiced it twice at my shop. And then when I got out to park, I like, you know, I, sh- I shit the bed, you know, <laughs> like I choked. Yeah, and you got to drive a whole truck full of expensive equipment. Yeah, and, and, like, a, and, a sta- and a kitchen staff member, you but, know, my, my sous chef next to me. So it's like we're driving and out. And in parallel turn- park that. Thing. It took me like God. an hour. I had to call the, the, the food truck manufacturer that, that custom built it for me. I had to call them and I was like, yo, like, can you trouble, like, can you walk me through this and troubleshoot this with me? And they're like, dude, like. You got to like flip the switch on. Right. And I was like, oh my God, I was, I was touching the wrong, like I was hitting the wrong switch, you know, like fuck me. Like, so like even like all that, that has, it was alert. It's a learning process, you know, getting out on the road, dealing with traffic, dealing with parking. How about, how about getting out there and just like serving the food? Like I get it. Cause that must've, I'm, I take it like that was the first time it was like you yourself yeah. out there presenting your creations or maybe your family's family's recipes too. I mean, yeah, yeah. why not? Yeah. Um, like, how was that? Uh, oh man. Uh, I love it, dude. That's like, that's like the number one thing. Like people ask me like, what's your favorite thing? It's, it's being on the line, like being on the, in the kitchen they call it on the line. It's like you're on the prep table, you're mm-hmm. on the grill, you have you and your staff or your team all set up in their locations in the kitchen and you're running through tickets, you're running through orders. That's my favorite part. What like, station do you work? Uh, I work the window and I work the prep line. So uh-huh. I take orders and then when I can, like when I get a split second, I like turn and finish and garnish and sauce and plate and put it down and I have my- And you're the guy that hands it out? Yeah, and then I hand it nice, out. Yeah, nice. yeah. So I always have my gloves on when I'm taking orders. I'm always taking on and off my gloves to oh. keep the cleanliness and, you know, talking to everybody. I, I hate that rule. Who actually gives a shit? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> No, it's 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 good, you know. Health codes and everything you gotta follow. Yeah, but it's so annoying. Like, I, like when I see you guys, like between every freaking order, you yeah, change yeah. your gloves. I'm like, oh my god! Like, just please, I, I know I we all have the same hands here. I'm sure you wash them. Just for yeah, exactly. Sure. And that's that's like the hypocrisy. It's like if you went and had your grandmother cook you a meal, and she she washed her hands and then made you the meal with her hands. You wouldn't flip a shit and give a one star Yelp review to your grandmother. <laughs> you would like, you'd be like, okay, you wash your hands, you clean it. But if a, if you see someone in a kitchen not have gloves on and making food, you're like, oh my god, that's disgusting. Like I'm not eating that. I'm not touching that. But that chef washed their hands properly, cleansed them, like yeah, cleaned, cleaned their germs, hands, and then made your even food. then like most germs, like they're good for you. Like, like, <laughs> like we're, we're meant to digest yeah, some little good germs. On yeah, <laughs> I mean, dude, like, right, like you're supposed to have a little bit of germs in your body so you don't die. But yeah, yeah, it's yeah. funny because. 
I actually worked the restaurant industry for a long time. And oh like, yeah, yeah, dude. So I, 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 okay. I, trying to, trying to keep working. This shit? <laughs> actually, this, actually, this, actually, I might be hitting. I mean, up I know soon. you're killing this photography thing and everything, and your dude, podcast is killing it. But I'm, come I'm on, moving. I need to, help. <laughs> I'm moving to DC. That rent's about to be crazy, bro. I might be hitting you up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but like, dude, I've always had a huge, huge passion, like love and respect for chefs and people who do that. And so it's like you're actually my first like food guest I've had on oh, here. And it's like, that. like I'm kind of using it as like a way to kind of get more into it. Oh man, I got some amazing chefs I know in this city that you should talk. Yeah, you, to. I feel yeah, hit me up with some lists or someone oh, or yeah. some names. That'd be oh, really cool. Great one, um, doesn't say it's a. Most kitchens don't even wear gloves. Like people think that like all the all the oh, all yeah. the chefs like like brick and mortar is like no one's wearing freaking no, gloves like back there. Four or five star dining restaurants like none of them they don't use gloves. They wash their but even they properly wash their hands and yeah. then they serve. And, and that kitchen's freaking clean. Oh yeah, they keep everything pristine. So so you work. Um, so how you said you work uh, the window and the cash register and yeah. like, you finish it. How and many I'm how many people are in the food truck with you? Two. Just me and my sous chef. Yeah, we're we're pretty. So uh, just you and that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Damn. we're. Uh, I mean, my kitchen. I built it like a basic, pretty traditional basic kitchen. I mean, we got a fryer, a flat top, and a prep line, and we got a steam table. Like we keep it pretty, pretty classic, pretty traditional. And we got to you got to be able to work a kitchen to work my truck. Dude, there's like two samurais working back to back. Yeah, just basically like fighting I mean, the honestly, words with and you, food. And you let me make, let me. I definitely I gotta say this, man. You know, everyone always like gives me love and. You know, everyone's like, oh, Roro, you're killing it. Your food's so awesome. But my staff, dude, they're like the hardest working women uh, like I've ever encountered, dude. They, I mean, they got family and kids and they show up every day on time, ready to work, crank nice. it with me in the heat. I mean, these women are just like some of the best, hardest working chefs e- ever, man. They're just like my team. I got to give kudos and props to them because, you know, I get all the credit and I get to like come and do podcasts and stuff like this and, you know. Get it in my well, face yeah. out there more, but you know I got to give kudos with props to do. Yeah, man, 100%. My, the women on my team, man, they're they're top notch, man. Heck yeah, I got to give props to them. And it, yeah, I mean, behind every successful chef is like a team of people who support them. Yeah, you know, but to even have them support you means like they at least appreciate you. No, it's funny too because uh, I've I've been fortunate, you know, the, you know, in the business in the food industry, you know, turnover is tough because. You got to, you know, keeping up quality. And that's the thing. Consistency, quality with your food, with your service. That's tough when you have turnover. And I've been fortunate enough not to have too much turnover with nice. my staff because they trust me. And they they like, you know, because like I said, I work the kitchen. I work the line. I'm not just barking orders at them all day long. Like I'm in yeah, there you're, chopping you're onions. You're in the weeds with them. Man. I'm yeah. crying and chopping onions right next to them. So it's like, it's funny because when I first started my business three years ago, two of the women that are on my staff still to this day looked at me sideways. You know, because because you were younger than yeah, well, yeah, because I was younger than them, and also they originally were working for my father at his wholesale business, and my father was going to fire them, and I had talked to him, and I was like, look, like I need a couple good, you know, women. What's the what's the resume on them? You know, he he was like, well, I'm letting these two ladies go. You want to take them? And I was like, yeah, let them come to my staff. That's nice of you. I'll take them over. Yeah, because you know they got a good review basically. So I was like, okay, they're cool. They're trusting. He just had to cut back. I was like, all right, let me bring them on my staff. And when I brought them over, they were like, oh, great. Like, you know, the dude's son who we just used to work for wants to like bark orders at us now. And uh, you know, they were kind of like, and it's funny because they only speak Spanish and I don't speak Spanish. I speak English and Arabic, but not Spanish. I'm trying, you know, un poquito a little bit. You yeah, know, yeah, I'm trying to get there. I bet you know all the best words. I'm, 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 I'm good in the kitchen. Yeah. When it comes to the kitchen and the food, I've practiced a lot. My girlfriend's taught me a lot. They, you know, the women on my staff, they've taught me some, but I literally had to go into Google translate when I hired them and I typed out this letter where I was like, yo, I want to make my point clear to them from the jump. And I told them straight up, like the first day I hired them, 
I walked in, I was like, you know, I'm not my dad, I'm my own man, and I'm here to start my own journey. Respect. And I was like, yo, I was like, I, if you guys stick with me, like, it sucks right now, I ain't got much, you know, fame, and I ain't got much people coming through the doors right now, but if you stick with me, you show mm. up to work, you do what you're supposed to do, you know, you're gonna earn your money, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I got your back, I'm in here working with you, like, trust me, I promise you, I'm gonna grow this thing. And to this day, they've been with me for three years now, you know, and they're happy, and they're working, they're getting paid, and you know, I'm keeping the lights on for them, you know, that I, so I'm, able, I'm fortunate enough to provide them a job and provide them them, you know, a way to provide for their family. So they're my family in return, man, because they've had my back since day one. So Dude, it was funny because yeah. I literally had to like Google a write a letter in Spanish. And then I'm sitting there and I'm like, por favor, una es. I'm like reading it like just terribly to them. Dude, so looking at me. I swear to God, man, every good, every good food business has Hispanic people in the kitchen. Oh, I mean, I yeah, I don't my, know. Minorities, I, 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 period, I, I, man. I, I, no, minorities, period, but I don't care. Best food when it comes I, I to best I don't food care. is minorities. I don't care who you are. I've worked with all ethnicities, but Hispanic people are the hardest people, <laughs> working people in the goddamn kitchen. They are, but hey, so are Middle Eastern people, too. Don't yeah, forget yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the one guy. <laughs> we, yeah. we love, we, we work pretty hard in the kitchen, too. I mean, minorities in general, man, you know, just, uh, I don't know. I feel like there's this, like, uh, when, you're, when you're a minority, you have this kind of, vision or you know kind of i don't know rose glasses that you wear in life where you kind of see the bigger picture so things like what's like the struggle you know like, like the like, more frivolous things aren't as important to you you know mm. you kind of because you're, you're traditional your roots you know like they're coming from that like that i don't know in my opinion in my experience coming from a foreign family you know family tradition you know you know structure you know is usually like more of the focus in the upbringing and the nurturing of the children so it kind of like you know good or bad still gets instilled in you yeah so you you know you're still like appreciative of that and when you're appreciative of that like you know that's for me it's like nowadays i get my friends and stuff like who try to hang out who stuff like that we were just talking we were walking in the hallway like over committing to things i do that that's a bad habit of well, mine. Dude, but, not, but real quick like the immigrant mentality is so crazy awesome and powerful because it's yeah. like it's like no we got to survive and but do it's things. raw that's exactly yeah, it, it's raw it's, it's real it's real it's raw and it's about the important things yeah it's not about like you know what new iphone's coming out it's about how am i going to pay my bills so you know my kid can I, get a pair of shoes let, let alone like your parents came here and they opened up a restaurant like yeah like yeah. a lot of I think American people do that. Well, yeah, they, that's, yeah, that's they opened insane. up a wholesale. Really and cool. that's the thing, man, where I come from, you know, I, when we were living in Brooklyn, man, we like, I shared a bedroom with my grandmother and my parents' room was right next door to me. You know, like, you know, Are I your was parents like, still in New York. No, no, no. We're all here oh, okay. now. Yeah. We're all, we all moved over here. When my, when my parents opened up the, the whole foods side, mm, you know, okay. the, cause they serve whole foods with all their hummus in the area. Yeah, yeah. You know, the last name's Asmar. So that's the family business. That's the family brand. So then when they moved over to Virginia, that's when my dad like got the money to do it and like really launch it and open mm. it and start the business. But we were living in Brooklyn. My dad was a, was a delivery driver for another Middle Eastern food company in New York doing delivery drivers, learning the business as he could. And then he got an opportunity to go and start his own. Cause he's like, yo, I can make hummus better than these guys. Let me go home. Nice. And, and yeah. You learn the craft. And yeah. And let me go yourself. somewhere and do it myself. Cause I can do it better than them. So yeah, when we were living in Brooklyn, man, we were struggling and hurting and, but I, I can't, I can't Gotta honestly get tell out you. the mud. Yeah. Man. I can, I can honestly, I honestly can't, I can, I honestly can't tell you a time where I was sad, you know, where I was, where I like, you know, looking back, we were poor looking back, we were struggling, but in it, I was happy. My mom, you know, made sure food was on the table and I got my birthday gifts and Christmas gifts and she loved me. I mean, she, it makes a lot of sense about how hard, at least I perceive you to be working on social. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know everyone, everything on social is like amplified, but like when I see you, dude, like you're working your face off. I mean, I've literally been, we went to a concert one time and, and literally at the beginning of the concert, you were like, dude, I have to go. My employees having problems. I was like, dang, this guy works hard. <laughs> I was like, I mean, even last night, last night was Saturday night and you're yeah. working for free yeah. at a pop-up and you don't, you don't need to do that. Like, dude, yeah. I think that says a lot about like where you get that 
like work hard mentality. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, I mean, like I tell everybody, even on my media, you know, like I'm fortunate to do what I do. I'm blessed to do what I do. And I'm thankful mm. because without the people, without, you know, you succumbing and supporting or anyone else, you know, tagging or liking or sharing or following on the media, like without any of that stuff, like I don't get to be who I am. I don't get to do what I do because it's so dependent on others seeing it on other, on others, like noticing it because that's the business, you know, food businesses, you got to get people to come to eat your food, you know? So to get to do that, you got to be visible and to be visible, you need the family, you need the support. That's the thing. Like I always tell people like, you know, I kind of had this mantra a little, a little bit ago when I, like last year when I was running my truck, I did this whole thing called like Habibi things, you know, like Drake had, (laughs) yeah, Drake had that verse, you know, and everyone was saying it and it was all popular in a hashtag, but it's like, that's true. It's like, you know, Habibi, what it means is it's like my love, but contextually you can use it like my family you know my mm. father can call me that or my mom my, my father can call me that when he's mad at me my mom can call me that when she's happy with me you know you can use it in a lot of different contexts so it's it's really just about like the love you have for people and a love you have for a particular person so it was always a thing where i was like yo this is a baby thing like i can't do it without you guys i can't mm. do it without a family i can't do it without the support how uh, how often are you out there serving people like how often are you out in the food truck every day Every day? Yeah. I mean, I work the truck because usually like my mom, my mom helps me. My mom works with me. She's on my staff too. Uh, you know, she uh, was diagnosed with stage two breast cancer last year. Whoa. Uh, so she was going through chemotherapy and she had to, she left her previous job. So after she, you know, she came on, she wanted to ease back into work, obviously yeah. still going through chemo and uh, everything. So she came on board and started helping me because she had experience in the restaurant business and she saw how busy I was getting and how like soul crushed I was getting because I was just so tired every day, you know? So she saw that and she came and she was, you know, so awesome. I love her to death. Man, so she came and she started helping me out. So she covers my shop when I'm out on the truck. So I'm at the shop in the morning, get on the truck, go into DC, run my lunch shift, come back to the shop at like two or three. Literally, my lunch break, I give myself a 45 minute lunch break. I go to the nearest Gold's Gym, do 30 minutes of cardio, leave, drive to the nearest smoothie place, tropical smoothie, grab a smoothie, go back to the shop, and then finish out the shifts till six or go do whatever I got to oh, so do. Oh, so you do like two shifts a day. So you'll do like the yeah. morning shift and then like the dinner shift? Yeah, basically. Yeah, I'll be working. And then, you know, if something else, if I have a, you know, and a lot of times now, you know, thank God I've been getting really busy. Now, a lot of times I have double shifts. So I have lunch on the truck, then dinner on the truck. So I get back, lunch, we clean the truck, break down, reload all the food we just sold, come back, go to the next spot, run it again. About right how much feet. can you store in one food truck? Like how much food can you serve? Like in one shift, like how much can you do? Uh, me, I can do uh, 150 to 200 people served, depending on what the menu is, how much food they want. That's But usually, you know, when you're doing a food business, you know the output of your ah. business, the output of your food. So you don't like overdo it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So you don't carry too much. You don't carry too little. So you make enough money to sustain. I mean, that's good business practice, you know, is knowing what your output yeah, is. Yeah, I always wondered how much food was on one of those bad boys. Like, it just depends on how much storage depends. you got, cool, cooler space, fridge space freezer space so what your container sizes is what your menus built like like there's a lot that goes behind the scenes that people don't understand when it comes to the food business well what people also don't know is that you can't cook like you, you can't prep on your on your truck no you're not that allowed the weirdest you're thing not allowed heard. to take like raw ingredients like legally or health code wise you're not allowed to like take a like even just like a romaine lettuce head you're not allowed to take that on your truck and chop it what? like everything needs like, to be chopped diced prepped uh, marinated, cooked, ready to warm from your depot or from your kitchen. And then you take it on the truck. Like food trucks are generally supposed to be just big microwaves. 
Like there's just supposed to be big warmers that serve hot food to people oh. that was already prepped and made. Is that a general rule or is that just like a DC rule? That's a that's a health code rule. That's like health code in general. Like across America? Yeah, because think about it. Like if you take raw food from traveling to your truck, like how is, is it kept is, the is temperature? It bull, is it bullshit though? Like do you kind of think it's bullshit? I mean, some people, some you know, there's some people that don't follow the rules. I do, you know, just because I'm a clean freak and you know I'm in the food business. I like to make sure everything. Yeah, probably not worth risking. Uh, yeah, I mean, get, you get one person sick and one bad Google review or Yelp review like that good luck bro like Ugh. you're done that's it so like that's why i'm like super anal about all that stuff Damn, that's on a lot top to do in one day man yeah it's tough it's definitely that's why i tell people like who want to get in the food truck business like oh like I, I got some money i'm thinking about doing it i'm like unless you love this shit like unless you eat sleep like eat sleep and breathe this shit don't do it because it's not worth it yeah, like, people, i think it's a labor like, of love people get like delusions like oh i'm just gonna get this beautiful truck and we're just gonna go sell these designer cupcakes and everyone's yeah. gonna line up and, yeah, and yeah. it's like and they they get there and they're like why is no one here? You know, and also I'll, I'll, I'll admit, I feel like sometimes too, it's just like, I know how hard I work and I know how, like how much I put into this. I'm like, if you're not willing to put that much in, don't do it. Cause you won't make good money doing it. Mm. You'll make okay money doing it, but it's, it's not going to be worth it. It's not going to be a livelihood for you. And that's what you're thinking. Or that's what, like, you're going to get your money returned twofold on it. Like, nah, it's not like that at all. Dude. Oh God. The food, food business is nuts. Have you ever seen the movie chef? Yeah, yes, obviously. Everyone asks me that. Like, did you see the food truck movie? The uh, one movie. I mean, come on, you, you, like you have to see that one. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. Actually, the movie, though, no, the book was Anthony Bourdain. Uh, his book got me the Confidential Kitchen one. Kitchen Confidential. Yeah, yeah, Dude, kitchen Confidential. I, I love Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. where my hu- a huge part of my love for the ki- the cooking kitchen industry. Even why I even got my first job in a restaurant was because. Was that, of, yeah, because I was gonna say I read that book Anthony when Bourdain. I was when I was younger, and that was like that was I was like wow, like there's really some shit that goes on behind the scenes that like you don't know about when it comes to food and that makes it so much more like important. He, he made it seem badass. Like yeah, he, yeah. Made, he made food and like being a chef, make it seem like you're a pirate on a oh, ship. Like he, he, and he, he and one of his first, it. one of his first episodes, uh, I think his first episode of his show, he's in Egypt. But in, no, no, he went to Lebanon. Was, was it Lebanon? Yeah, it was oh, Lebanon. It was wow. Beirut. He went to Beirut because okay. it was like the considered the Paris of the Middle East, you know, way back when before the civil war and everything went down. But uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it's considered like one of the most beautiful places in the Middle East to be. And he went and he ate and it was like so cool. And then he like did like, I think a, 200 episode reunion or like you know did another trip he did there again so i think yeah lebanon was one of his first spots and i saw that and i was like that's so dope like food from where i'm from food my grandmother taught me how to cook is like it's important you know it matters and now i mean it's obviously more prevalent in the mediterranean food space but you know when i was growing up i mean every middle eastern food place was like low shanty a food truck so he had he had a big influence on you though yeah yeah he did him him and uh him and there's this chef, actually, and most recently, like talking about badass chefs, man, I was watching Chef's Table, the Netflix show. Mm. You got to check that out. That show is like really ridiculously dope. And uh, Alex Atala, I think he's a Brazilian chef. That dude's a badass. What does he do? He, he just has some like crazy, like wilderness aspect where he like goes out and fishes all the food, Dude, and hunts all the food. I know himself. exactly who I think you're talking about. And he has like an island where he like takes the the pig and he open flays it. Yeah, he like does and all this crazy. He's like, he like he like roasts it downwind from the fire. Yeah, yeah, he does like all this. Like he looks at food from a real natural, like eco friendly perspective. And it's like you know, as a vegan, he cooks meat, but he has such a respect for the meat. He's like, yeah, we're gonna use every part of this because we just killed this animal and we took it. It's life. So if we're going to present that to people as food, it's more than that. We should take care of it, you know, show it the kindness and the treatment it deserves, you know, understand mm. that we're taking from Mother Earth and giving to the people that we need to have a respect for. And he has like such that natural.
naturalistic approach, and he's such like he's it's, super, it's like, he's it's like, like the, super tatted. It's like, he's the, a badass, it's like, like the hippies like, of chefs, like no, yeah, it's exactly just about this, and it's like yeah, it's more you know because that's the thing. Food has always been more than food to me. It's a, it's really? it's been yeah, it's been like my it's my creative palate. It's my way to express things. So to why people. would you do something so evil as go vegan and deny yourself <laughs> from all of the best foods? Well, I just I mean the vegan, you know, I decided to go vegan. Uh, well, I've been vegan now for three years. So what, three years ago, my little brother, uh, my little brother had a little, you know, he was being vegetarian and telling, tell, talking to me about it. You know, I busted his chops. I mean, you know, obviously I'm 28, so 25 years I've been eating meat, you know, but I just, I don't know. He talked, he talked to me about it. I busted his chops a little bit, but then I was like, I stepped back and I was like, Hmm, you know, let me, let me read about it. Let me learn a little bit more about it. And as I did, you know, just when it came to the benefits it has for your health, the benefit benefits it has for your environment and your area, like, you know, I kind of had a, I had a, you know, a change of life moment where I was just, I just garnered such a more of an appreciation for life that being vegan was something that also like, it just fit with my path. What was that moment? Uh, so when I was in college, I attempted suicide when I was like 20, yeah, 21, you know? Uh, so kind of after that, uh, I mean, I went through a rehab process and everything. And then uh, I came back, I dropped out of school actually. Uh, I came back home and I was trying to like, you know, kind of I did all that so I could figure myself out and figure out what I really loved. Because for, you know, for 21, 22 years of my life, I don't feel like I was being myself. You know, I was feel like I was being somebody else for so long. Because mm. that's the thing too. people like, like, you know, people who know me, my name is Robert, you know, but I go by, I go by Roro because that's what my grandmother always called me growing up. Well, dude, but it's, it's, it's crazy, you know, that you said that you always feel like you're being someone else because you're. 21, 22, you've been in the system your entire life. Yeah, the system exactly. is the education system. So you're yeah. just lost in that sauce and you're just like, it's, it seems like you had that moment. You're like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Well, that's like, you know, that's the one thing too. It's like, when, you know, my biggest trait that I understand and that I lean on so much is I'm a fucking workhorse, man. When it comes mm. to shit, like I don't just talk, I talk about it, but then I back it up. You know, I go and do it. I tell you, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go keep working at it till it gets done. So I've always been like that. So when I was in high school, when I was in college, I was following the system. I was the perfect workhorse for the system. I was like, cool. I'm like going to get straight A's, going to go to my college of my choice, going to get the job that's going to pay me out of school, going to work there for 10, 15 years, retire, blah, blah, blah. Like I was following the steps. And as I was doing that, I realized it wasn't making me happy and it wasn't filling like the voids that were always coming up in my life. Like you did it and you you still feel like there was something missing? Yeah, I always kept everything kind of internalized and like, you know, compartmentalized in an unhealthy way. And because I was such a workhorse, like I would like, that's one of the things, like a big thing for entrepreneurs is depression or anxiety. You face, you (laughs) face 100%, dude. The shit gets sad when you're sitting there looking at your calendar, like, where am I making money in here? I got to pay some bills. Like, or, and you start to feel like a failure. It slowly starts to eat at your, your stomach and your gut. Yeah. Or you're like not sleeping because you have like, you know, like you have a new, uh, exhibit coming up and you got to prep for it and you know how many people are coming and you're like shit all these people are going to story pick a picture give their opinions to friends you know shit like that well, like, i can't imagine what it's like point. even even as a chef where you're like i got a new recipe i'm debuting tomorrow like yeah, sauce. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, i can imagine you're sitting there in the middle of the night like a sauce oh that ingredient maybe there's too much that was like i mean that was like much. last night to be honest last night everything i had made for cali's art show was first time i'd done that in the catering setting and like done to a lot of people you know i've done like versions of those things and like you know a special format on mm-hmm. my truck but never like a full catering setup with those vegan or excuse me uh plant-based options that i was cranking last night like that was the first time i did it and that's why yeah, when dude, i hit that, up cali that, i was that, like can i experiment that, that giro is crazy what the hell was that made of uh seitan so it's like you know you make it like this it's a vegan meat alternative did i say right is it giro or gyro yeah whatever hero idol whatever way you want to say God, i just say four, gyro oh, okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could spell hummus like 10 different ways hummus. yeah hummus, yeah you could spell it like 10 different ways so 
Whatever way you want to say it, man. Yeah, I think that thing was deceptively good. I was honestly full as hell. And you I was like, like it? I was like, oh, I just got to try this for scientific purposes for the podcast. Yeah, that was man. really good. I, I, I ate most of it. No, but to say, I'm, I'm real happy. I'm, I'm real happy. Yeah, last night was dope. A lot of people gave positive feedback, which is dope. But, you know, I still got a lot of work to do, so I'm going to keep cranking. But, yeah, definitely last night was one of those things where I was like, real, real anxiety was kicking in. I was like, do you, do you like it? How do you think the reviews went? Uh, it was good, you know? I mean, I feel like people liked it. People were, you know, people were giving good feedback, taking stories, taking pictures, you know, stuff like that. So I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Nice. Not perfect, not my best catering, but you know, always room to improve. But it, and I'll take it, take a win when I can get one. <laughs> yeah, but dude, going back just real quick to what you were saying, like mm-hmm. after you, you know, tried to commit suicide and stuff, twenty one. What did did that like flip a switch? Like did that flip a switch where you were like not not automatically, but in the process of trying to heal from that, of trying to work through my depression and that attempted suicide that I had experienced. Um, yeah, I definitely, you know, it was it was that was the biggest change because you know after you know it's like i wake up the next you know after everything happened i wake can, up can i ask how you tried to do it uh yeah a bottle a uh, bottle of pills and for oh, the wait. jack man i was just uh, like had that sitting in my closet and you know going through a lot of things and i had a real just a low point where i just kind of you know i got i got real low on myself i like kind of lost vision of you know the matter and the meaning mm. to life and you know that and i made i you know i made that uh wrongful decision at Shit, that point man, yeah, i'm just so here dude that's crazy yeah but you know things happen for a reason yeah you for know? sure and to reach that low point you know in my How, life was kind of the spark that got me like going onto my path in life the spark that got you into the back into the food business oh uh, yeah because the food business like, well food business was always my dad's that was always my dad's thing you know and it was always part of the family yeah, i kind of i kind of got the vibe like when you said earlier when you're like you know, I'm my own man. I'm not my dad's thing. Like, yeah. like in a weird, in a weird way. And I'm probably wrong and maybe I'm not mm-hmm. um, like you doing the food truck is like you being your own man and like doing your own thing. That wasn't like working at the parents' kitchen. Uh, yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, me and my dad growing up didn't have the best relationship. Mm. Uh, so, you know, food was kind of something that I always connected with him because he's more of the business mindset of the yeah. food aspect. I'm more of the creative, like I'm passionate about food. Like it matters to me. Mm-hmm. To him, it was a way to make money, you know? Uh, for me, it's it's my art. Like I said, it's my it's my expression. It's know? everything in one. Yeah, it's the way I, I, I'm, I'm true and I'm honest to myself mm-hmm. is by being a chef because that's what I, I love to do. So it was kind of a, yeah, like growing up, I always resented food and I always didn't want to do it because when I was in school, I was a business major when I started. And then, mm. you know, kind of shifted over to some other things. Like, I, you know, I, it's funny. When I was in college, kind of going through the learning and growing process, I was a business major, then shifted over to uh, health sciences with a pre-med route to minor in art. You know, I was trying to figure <laughs> out my path in life. I was like trying everything and yeah, trying crazy, to do whatever man. I could that wasn't food, that wasn't running the food, family food business. Yeah, I get it because it's like, it's like you're, you're like resisting the thing yeah. that you feel like is like pulling you into it. Yeah. But then, but then, you know, kind of like, you know, after my attempted suicide, when I was doing my rehab and one thing my therapist told me to do, he was like, yo man, like you haven't been taking care of yourself for so long. You haven't been like being honest with yourself for so long. Like he asked me, he was like, what do you love, dude? Like, what is it? figure that out. Like try and ask yourself. Was it like those it? moments growing up in the kitchen with your dad? Like you kind of thought yeah, back to like, you know, like, damn, like th- those, like you think those moments, like, damn, those are some really like valuable pressure. Yeah. Or like moments. the whole, like I was telling you, like I've been doing whole food since I was a kid. So yeah. many times when I was as a kid doing a whole food demo, cause my mom was like, come on, we got to go do this demo. Like your dad needs us to go take care of it because no mm-hmm. one else can. You know, uh, we'd go and I'd be like, man, fuck this. Like, I'd rather be, you know, going and seeing the new Power Ranger movie. Like, this is bullshit. Like, what am I doing here? You know, mad and stomping my foot. But then, like, sitting there watching my mom do it. 
like doing the sales and dealing with the customer service. I'm like, that's something that I lean on so heavily now with my business that makes me successful is how mm. good my customer service is. You know, as I work so hard at it because I know it, it's about like, it's about the people. So that's Dude, something that like I take, I took for granted growing up. It's so easy to take things for granted growing up. Like it's, it's one of those things like I learned, damn, you can't beat yourself up over like what you wish you would have done differently, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are like, what would you do differently? Like, you know, when I, when I mentioned about my, you know, my attempts, like, what would you do differently? Like nothing, like, you know, your darkest nah, parts you are the things those, that you, shine the most you light. You need those dark moments, man, yeah. because like too much sunshine causes a drought. Exactly. You like, know, too sh- much of anything is a bad thing. Yeah, shout, out, or bad. shout out brain rap for that. But <laughs> I, I saw he was performing last night underneath. Yeah, you, right you at the serving. bottom, man. That, and and that, that, was, that was a lyric that really That's the Capital out. City Collective, right? That no, place. no, no. That's, what is that? Where, where Brain Rap was? Well, the 52 O Street, like that whole so, thing. So 52 O Street is just a bunch of studios, and mm. every studio has their own kind of like, we're Capital oh, Collective, we're at home. Name. Yeah, everyone has their own Cali kind Cali of like, show was in the Capital City Collective. Yeah, that's, that's, like, a, that's like their event space. But, yeah, yeah. but uh, Brian, or Brain Rap, he was performing his album on the first floor at this place called Home DC. Yeah, yeah, I saw that there was something for that coming up. Yeah, yeah, and so I'm actually going to have the guy who's the founder of that on the podcast next week. Uh, or sorry, two two weeks? Yeah, mm-hmm. two weeks. Um, but he performed his whole album and that, and that he had that lyric where he was like, you know, you can't appreciate the sun without the rain and too much sun causes a drought. I was like, damn, that's so true. That's like true. things can't be perfect all the time. Yeah, and that's the thing that, you know, nowadays we have such a problem with, we, you know, social media, like even for me, like sometimes I got to remind myself, get the fuck off my phone, like, you know, <laughs> pay attention to my life, look up at the, you know, look up at where I'm driving, like look at my girlfriend some more, look at my, you know, right? my business some more. Like, it's like, I got to get away from that. You get, so, you get so lost. Dude. I literally saw this photographer, I followed one of the best photographers ever named Rankin. Yeah. He literally has been posting like big, just, ugly ass text on his feed just unfollow me stop following me right now and oh, when people shit. when people comment on it they go they're like why don't you just delete your instagram and stuff and he's just like he's like it's not about that he's like he's like instagram and he's kind of you know maybe he's a little more left or crazy on yeah, it, but he's yeah. like instagram is a platform made to feel you made to make you feel unvalued or make you feel like you're not enough yeah you well know? it's definitely it's 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 a trigger yeah. Like you got to like something I, you know, cause I, I do nonprofit, you know, something that I, in my process of healing myself, uh, dealing with my depression and my attempted suicide history was, you know, now I do nonprofit work for the American foundation for suicide pre- mm. prevention. I'm on two of their committees. I go out to local schools and I give talks and nice. it's something that one awesome. I'm empowered to do that because I have so much experience. I feel like I can give and I can help. And I wish that someone with my voice and my experience would have you know, said something to me when I was dealing with things. And secondly, it's for myself. It keeps me in check. It keeps me regulated. Like, all right, if I'm going to be in this position to tell others how to be, then I need to practice those things myself daily. So that way, when I do talk to someone who's dealing with depression or anxiety, you're not or full mental of shit. Illness, I'm not, yeah, exactly. I'm not full of shit. And I'm not just giving them something that, you know, the doctor prescribed. I'm giving them but, something that is life learned. But also it's like, I feel like a lot of times when you are depressed and sad and mm-hmm. you go to those deep, dark things like that, like, it's because I feel like you don't have a sense of purpose or like yeah. you don't, you don't have a sense of like direction because I mean, maybe I'm wrong on whole time on that whole thing, but I feel no, like, not at all. I feel like when people have like that North star, they have a thing they're working for, you have, yeah. you have a little bit more satisfaction as opposed to just kind of floating in space and being like, what am I doing? And then one thought eats at you from here. One thought eats at you from here. And then yeah. I feel like, like for you, it's like your food, your food and your restaurant and this and well, everything I mean, else. Like, like, for me, you know, uh, I have clinical depression. So it's like, you know, I, I, you know, I still see a therapist. I saw a re- therapist recently. She always, you know, my therapist even still tries to get me on medic, like, you know, antidepressants. And I'm like, nah, it's Dude, not, that's, yeah, that's crazy. Man. It's not for me. I've done it before. It's not for me. I know it. Like, that's not my choice. That's not my, my remedy, you know, to each their own. Uh, but that's not my choice. So for me, yeah, food is the, my passion, my work. That's why people are like, 
man, you work so much. You work like a, well, because it's like, I'm healing myself, man. I'm, mm. I'm doing what's true. I'm being honest to myself. Like, this is what I got to do. This is what I need to do. This is like what I feel to do. You know, it's something that I got to like keep channel doing. that energy into something. Yeah. Else. Cause I still get depressed all the time. I still, you know, I still have my swings and my, my, like my bouts where I, you know, I feel real down. I'm really, especially like being an entrepreneur, working, dealing with st- paying I mean, bills and making money and, you know, having to perform, you know, do my shifts and get the food ready and taxes and this and that, you know, all that stuff still weighs me down. But like you said, it's that North star. I always like occasionally have to pull myself back. Like today's my only off day I've had in like three weeks. Damn. Yeah, I've been on like a 20, no, 19 day run on the truck. But dude, you got, you got to so have like a those, day or two in between. Those, those off days where you can just breathe and relax. I know. Yeah. Just, that's why today I was like, and my, just, and just, just be a piece of shit for once. <laughs> yeah. You know what today I'm is my piece of shit day. Yeah. Today's man. my piece of shit it, day. But even on your piece of shit day, you're still like doing something productive. Cause yeah, I'm, but I say I was still coming because, you know, we're friends and everything. And I know you and I see you like, you know, you growing your thing and you doing your thing. So I was like, yeah, man, I'd love to come talk to you. Like, of course, like, why not? Like, this is, there for me to just sit here and shoot this shit with someone that I got love for, you Dude, know? So, sometimes I honestly feel like I'm a therapist sometimes. Like, like <laughs> you some, are, some, man. Some, <laughs> some, sometimes I have people on the show, I'm just like, this is great. You're I, definitely. I, 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 hope, I hope I make you feel better. Like, You're one of the most popular therapists I know, man. Yeah, and I don't even charge. It's crazy, <laughs> man. For real. I'm, I'm a free-ass therapist. What the fuck? I'm going to start invoicing people, like, free lessons, or, or sorry, for free, 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 uh, free sessions. Free sessions. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nuts, man. Fuck. Um, I complete forgot what I was about to say right there. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was, I was just laughing to feeling like a little therapist. <laughs> yeah. Dude. So, so that's what it was. Um, dude, you're working every day on your truck. Like yeah. I, I, I vividly remember you the first, that day we went out and you, when we went out, we were going to the, the emo show. Yeah. Yeah. The rock show yeah. after, yeah. After something else, we were all, we all met up no, there. No, no. Right? Yeah. And I remember, I remember you were like, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. I'm like, I'm like, and I was like, why are you like, you're like, today's the first day. I'm letting my staff run the uh-huh. run the thing, and like you end up leaving out of like whatever yeah. happened. But like, do you, do you feel like it's sustainable, or like do you feel like you're always gonna want to be in that food truck, or in you know like are you always gonna be there day to day, or are you ever just gonna, um, you know, let them run it or someone you trust, and then oh, do like another thing? Yeah, well, actually, now I'm in the process of uh, you know first exclusive break. <laughs> I'm actually in the process now of opening up a plant based pizzeria. So I'm extending mm. my Roro's brand. Uh, I have a lead on a spot that I'm going to hopefully close out is it, soon. Is this the first time you said it? Yeah. Yes. First time I publicly Fuck. said it. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> Whoa, that's crazy. I've yeah, never heard yeah. That. So I'm about to, uh, I found a spot out in the Centerville area. So it's a little further outside of here, but it was just such a good deal. It's like ready to be a pizza place, already built out. I just got to flip the front and do a little bit of branding on it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's something I've been like even thinking about myself a lot lately too and internally reflecting like, I need to remove myself from the day-to-day operation, like certain operational components. So that way I can grow my business and my brand to the next step to extend myself now to open up different outlets, you know? So that's definitely something I've struggled with and definitely, you know, a depressive factor. It's like myself too much. You're opening up a vegan pizza spot. Yep. So I'm going to do a plant-based pizzeria where it's going to be. Plant-based pizzeria. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be traditional uh, American. Yeah. That's the thing about plant-based and vegan, blah, blah, blah. I I, I didn't even ask, is the food truck entirely vegan or do you? No, no, no. My food truck, uh, you know, my kind of business concept is, you know, my mindset behind my business, you know, since I started my business, I wasn't vegan. So three years ago, I had just began my vegan journey in mm. life and I was still, you know, I was doing chicken kebabs and steak kebabs. Oh, so you still serve meat. Shawarma. Yeah, I still serve meat, but like, I do a lot of vegan specials. Half my menu offers cauliflower falafel. Oh, and now I do the cauliflower wings. Now I do the gyro seitan that you tried. Like now I've been, I've been working really hard on providing more plant-based options, but from my business mindset, I want to be inclusive. I want everyone to be able to eat and I want everyone to be able to feel comfortable, to have an option, 
to not feel like I'm I'm cutting out people because oh that's not my preference like mm-hmm. no like I want the meat eater to come and get my chicken shawarma or my steak kebab and then be like all right cool that was that was great that was delicious come back the next time and like yo I've tried the chicken kebab I've tried the steak rice platter like let me try you know your falafel wrap let me try your cauliflower zaatar like let me try something different today and like boom there we go that was one meal that they didn't eat that had animal meat so now they just had an impact on not only their health, but, you know, the outside world around them, you know, the, the you, livelihood you're, you're, of our You're like tricking them planet. into getting there, like, yes, eat the meat, and, that, and then, then come have my falafel. Yeah, yeah the, the environmentalist in me is like, yo, let me be real business savvy but, about this. But like, <laughs> even, even as someone who, like, l- loves to hate on vegans and vegan food, like, if it's good enough, vegan food's good enough, I'll eat that shit If all food's time. good, food is good. Yeah, what does it matter? Good, like, good food yeah. is good food. So how are you yeah. going to approach opening up a pizza shop? I don't get a uh, so I'm gonna pizza do, shop. Like, how uh, does that work? It's going to be an Americana-based pizza place, you know, your traditional pizza place. Like, or even most of your pizza places, when you go to them, they're Mediterranean Iranian like Greek versions like they always have like a gyro for some reason or they always have you know tzatziki on the menu or a Mediterranean salad and you're like oh okay but you never like think about it that heavily but you're like oh it's like Italian Mediterranean twist so I'm gonna do a version of it that's gonna be plant-based that's gonna be with a Lebanese you know my Mediterranean Lebanese mm. little sprinkling here and there like I'll offer cauliflower wings as our as our buffalo wings I'll offer you know plant-based cheeses on our pies. I'll do uh, you know a fried chicken sandwich and a veggie burger. So, so, so describe to me what a plant-based pizza looks like. So uh, it looks like pizza, man. There's like there's this real big misconception like oh if I'm eating vegan or plant-based it's like an acai bowl or a salad. No, like just cooking when you're making things it's a science. So if I'm not using if I'm not using chicken or steak or animal products all I do in that turn is replace it with a plant product. So you're still gonna have like the the dough. So for example it's like with the cheeses. People are like, oh, how do you get vegan cheese? Well, to make a vegan mozzarella cheese, what you do is instead of using cow milk, so now I'm not using cow milk, I'll use, you know, uh, either cashew milk or almond milk, or I'll use, you know, aquafaba, which is like the liquid you get from chickpea uh, cans. Dude, I'm, there's I'm, alternatives I'm gonna, you can use. I'm going to be really ignorant for a second. How the hell do they make almond or cashew milk? <laughs> can you please explain this to Well, me? it's the same thing. I believe that you make beer. It's like the fermenting of hops. You put a bunch of hops in a big tank and you like heat it up or humidify it enough and the liquid comes and pours off of it then you drain that liquid and then it is a milk or it is a it is a fermented uh you know so that's what they do with almonds and cashews they put it in a vat i believe i believe so they put it in a big yeah or you can even just i mean you can make almond milk at home just taking a bunch of almonds taking a bunch of cashews and blending them down in your blender with like a couple of their ingredients because in 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 my dumb brain i was like there's no way they're just like juicing almonds and cashews i'm like i'm like uh, what's the the process (laughs) squeezing out every little i had to ask the questions yeah i believe to make mass and then they make mass amounts like yeah they just like yeah heat up a bunch of it or break break down a bunch of it and then take out all the excess liquid and then you know flavor it a little bit or add a little bit of you know natural ingredients here and there like water especially is one of the things you blend it down with and then you get the milk okay. that you can use and yeah. drink in a cheesecloth and how you like press on it oh but i get what you're saying how you just take the animal part and substitute it with something yeah. else all it is is a substitution of ingredients as opposed to like a, like people are like you're removing it you're taking away the good stuff like no i'm putting even better things in it that still create the same product. I don't You're know, still man. getting cheese. Cheese I've, is cheese is cheese. I've I've got a problem with like vegan food that's like frozen. Like I, I think it's really weird that like. But then last time you ate, were you eating fried chicken tenders that you microwave or no, a hot pocket I, that you I, microwave? I do not eat that shit. I do, I do not eat that shit. First <laughs> yeah. of all, but I'm saying like like there, there's vegans who're like, oh, I don't eat meat, but then it's like they. We'll eat morning star frozen patties that I'm just like, do you even know what's in that? Like, I, I know for a fact that like all those chemicals in there, I'm just like, that's, that's not good for you. Uh, what you're doing is different. This is like whole food based. Yeah. I, like, make, I make everything usually myself people, from scratch. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes to the frozen, I still dabble in the frozen products myself. When it comes to that uh, argument first, it's twofold. So first 
like think about your perspective on food and where you get it from. Is it societal? Like when people, when vegans want meat, quote unquote, like, yeah, all right, fine. I want a chicken say like I like I like I love uh, chicken wings, right? But I don't eat chicken anymore. So my chicken wings are made out of cauliflower or made out of seitan or a mm. meat replacement. And when I do that, I want wings. It's not an argument of am I eating meat or not? It's I like wings, the fried little dungeon yeah, like the point, of, point of the wing is it's a juicy chicken. But with like seitan, it. like the meat you had last night that I did with the gyro, you can get that same texture, that same experience. Those flavors were from, there. Yeah, Those from Say tan if you do if you cook it and do it right as long good food is good food right like what we said earlier so it's about like it's not about like that's the thing it's like when people are like oh you're vegan but then you're always doing like you know you're doing fried chicken and then you're doing you know uh gyro meat and you're doing this well why don't you just do a regular meat well what what is meat to you what is your definition like it's fr- you know okay from it's, an it, animal it's, it's like a taste and a texture yeah but that's exactly it's a taste it's a texture it's an experience so if i can create that same experience that same taste palette for you with different ingredients what the fuck does it matter why are you bitching and moaning about it mm. it's better ingredients because you're talking about and then second fold you're talking about the frozen products those frozen vegan products are made with uh you know plant proteins pea proteins brown rice uh made with quinoa made with carrots lentils vegetables while your frozen uh meat products are you know go get some frozen chicken tenders i mean how many horror stories have you heard of a live chicken beak coming out of a well, mcdonald's that's, chicken that's, tender that's or something disgusting. right chicken i'm saying like you're gonna tell me not to eat like, frozen vegan stuff because oh it could have all these chemicals and stuff, but you're eating cancer proven cancer causing uh products mm-hmm. and not only you know literally you're taking away from the planet when you make those decisions so it's like for me as a vegan i'm not trying to be one of those vegans who's like don't ever eat meat just eat less man because too much of a good thing right like we talked about earlier too much of a too much of a i don't know good thing in your opinion or too much of a bad thing in my opinion still has a negative outcome whether you like like whether whichever way you spin it what what if the meat is sustainably farmed meat like meat so if i sustainably if i stay meat is good for you as a human it eh, subject okay fine if if you want to go that route if that's what you believe that's what you you say and that's what the research says for you then go ahead i'm fine with you and and, and i realize i'm having an argument about meat with the vegan with a guy (laughs) who's had this argument a thousand times (laughs) yeah but all yeah all all in my perspective all i'm asking you to do is take a bigger picture at how your meat is Mm -hmm. produced just like we talked about earlier looking at the kitchen looking at the chef with gloves on or gloves off you're looking at a chef and freaking out if he doesn't have his gloves on but you're not looking at him slicing some pig in the back of the room like peeling and spreading that thing to serve to you like if you saw that that would give you that ew, fa- ew factor it's, it's, just like you did when you saw a chef without gloves on it's really interesting that like vegans are always like trying to replicate meat it's like why mm-hmm. even replicate the meat it's it's like it's like it's like you're because i know you won't buy my avocado quinoa carrot shredded uh feta salad like i know you won't buy that i know you want to buy a fried chicken sandwich so that's ah, the thing like, when so, I, so if you call it a vegan fried chicken sandwich as opposed to calling it that you think yeah. they're more inclined to buy it yeah yeah because it's a, it's a psychological aspect of like i told you about the society the societal mm, aspect of food what you're taught what you've been instilled like when you were a kid growing up your lunches were chicken sandwiches chicken tenders uh, a burger and fries you know like mcdonald's burger king all these things that were up there when you were growing up in this day and age I mean, they mentally have an impact on what you decide to eat or what you're more likely to eat. So it's like in the food truck business. I know people in the food truck market are more likely to get a fried chicken sandwich than they are to come get my falafel rice platter. It's just business. You know, it's just understanding what market you're working in Mm. and what product does the consumer want. So if I know the pro- the consumer wants, uh, you know, gyro sandwiches and tzatziki sauce, especially from Mediterranean. Yeah, from uh, my perspective and from the food I do, I'm going to give them what they want, but I'm going to give it to them in a more compassionate, delicious, and healthy way. Mm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Are there a lot of vegans in DC? 
Yeah. There's a great growing vegan DC movement that's coming. I mean, it's more of like a West Coast thing, more of a European thing, because as Europe gets everything, the West Coast gets everything, it trickles all down to us. It all slides through kind of the globe and blows wind over here. So, you know, I mean, H Street, I mean, I can't tell you how many, like, a Street is one of my favorite spots in DC. I mean, from Pow Actually, Pow. Actually, yeah, I think about it. Pow Pow. Pow uh, Pow, Margot, and Sharky behind farewell. there. Like I told you about, there's amazing chefs in this area. There's amazing business owners in this area. Like Sharky, one of the dopest guys you'll ever meet. And Margot, the chef behind uh, Pow Pow, she's like a badass you know, chef, she's like super dope, super dope. I had Pow Pow for the first time the other week, and I was like, whoa, this is really it's good. so good, dude. I'm like, I, those people are great. The business they run, the food they do, cross the board, amazing people. You know, shout out to Sharky and Margot. I mean, there's farewell. I can't tell you how many times, how many times, it's terrible for my diet, but how many times I go there and I get, you know, the sticky, the sticky buns and the monkey <laughs> bread and dude, the, I, I the had cookies a- and the cakes. They got, I think, I mean, when it comes <laughs> to, like, like you said, when it comes to a vegan wanting food, like, I want birthday cake, I want cook, chocolate chip cookies. I want monkey bread just like the next person does, but I just have to do it. I just have to go pick it where the ingredients mm-hmm. s- suit what I eat, you know, and there's places here that do that. It's a growing movement. Shook, they, I mean, talking about Mediterranean food, they're a, they're a completely plant-based Middle Eastern spot. They're, Dang, I mean, I love what they do. It, they're it, super influential. There's always, I feel like there's always, um, going to always be like an influx because it's easier for someone to go vegan than it is to have meat. Like if it's, if it's just meat and no vegan options it, as a business perspective, it doesn't seem very smart. It's, it's not. And that's why, I mean, it is, but in certain contexts, like I wouldn't like looking at a food truck market, I wouldn't suggest as a business owner talking about percentages and finances, I wouldn't say that's the smartest gamble to go with a fully vegan plant-based, you know, plant-based food truck, unless you do it certain way. So that's why I do Middle Eastern food, but I have plant-based options of those Middle Eastern options that are traditional. Dude, it's gotta be pretty hard to be a vegan bodybuilder or, or someone who lifts weights quite often and be vegan. Uh, yeah. I mean, I say I did pretty bo- hard to get those uh, protein. Yeah, I did, I did a bodybuilding there, show. Huh? I did. Yeah. I did a bodybuilding show last spring actually. And I had experience with it, I had an experience with doing like high protein diets with low it's, it's doable. It's doable. Just like anything else. I mean, you know, like, uh, you know, talking about getting flack as a vegan, like when I was doing my bodybuilding show last spring, a lot of people were like, how are you getting your protein? How are you getting your protein? It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you the same fucking thing. Like, do you know your protein count as you're just going about your day, eating your lunches? Like how much protein is in your Chipotle right now, man? Like, tell me, you know, like, you're not, you're not gonna know what the fucking answer is. So why are you like, why are you harped up on my protein count? Come on, man. You're telling me that after a nice little lifting session, you're just not thinking about that steak. No, I'm thinking Ooh. about a pizza, man. I'm more of a carb guy. I oh, love carbs. the carbs get yeah, you. I'm a carbs and sweet guy when it comes to like oreo cookie like oreo cookies man they're vegan Shout yeah out to oreo I, I brand. That, that's crazy <laughs> yeah. as long as i get my oreos i'm cool <laughs> like i still get good stuff well, what the hell is in the middle of an oreo then uh you know obviously not the uh you know, a lot of the chemicals and flavorings you're talking mm. about but it's delicious because it's still vegan so i can eat it <laughs> yeah that's crazy stuff man <laughs> yeah one of my favorite things to do is tell people um I'm vegan because I got a yeah, sticker. I got, I got a sticker on this wall that says "Vegan Daddy." Vegan, I love say I love uh, call you that. Whenever, like whenever, that. whenever someone comes in here and they always see a sticker, they just assume I'm vegan and they're like, "Oh, vegan dad." I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm vegan. That's and, funny and, though. And I just That's completely, smart. I just completely <laughs> run with it. And then like we'll go out to eat later, and I'm like eating meat, or like they'll see my story. I I'm thought like, you said you were vegan. And I'm like, and, or like my story, I'm eating chicken, and I'm like, no, like this is vegan chicken. Like you don't understand. That's <laughs> 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 so stupid. <laughs> I love that. That's just funny. That's yeah. kind of because I know, you know, I like to think I'm a nice guy, but deep down inside, I'm like a joking ass. Asshole. Like I love to like pick fun of people and stuff because uh, it's funny to me. So uh, that shit, I love that that little twist. Yeah, on that. I, I, I love messing with people in that <laughs> yeah, way, so dude. Funny. Like I love messing with that way. <laughs> dude, you know what I've really been wanting to see is a roast battle. 
Like Ooh. if you're into stand up comedy, like I was listening to some people talk about, like it's just it's like rap battle. battle? Yeah, yeah, well, rap battle it, they're, not, they're not rapping, but they go on stage and they just roast each other. Oh yeah, yeah, like oh, uh, Wild and Out has that. Yeah, like, the games, right? I want to see that so bad. <laughs> but not Wild and Out style. Wild and Out is like super staged. Yeah, I don't want to yeah, see yeah. that shit. That's just like eh. yeah, dressed dressed up a lot. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I, I just want to see like someone get up there and just like viscerate someone, and then at the end of it, just be like, yeah, I was good, man. Like, and not, <laughs> and not have their feelings hurt. They're like crying about it. <laughs> you fucking killed me, man. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you gotta talk about that, <laughs> dude? Yeah, man. So, um, oh, fuck. So, what's next with you, man? Like, what's, what's well, yeah. What's I mean, like I said, I got that vegan pizza place. I'm gonna. I'm in the process now of uh, getting When's that set opening? up. Uh, hopefully within the next couple months. Oh, uh, nice. yeah, I'm gonna flip it pretty quick. Hopefully before this uh, big summer I got coming up. Uh, I'm doing uh, a lot with the truck. And a lot with the Roros. Uh, so I got my still got my shop in Alexandria for another six months before I leave out of there and shift over to the pizza place as my depot and my kitchen space. Mm. So I got six more months at my shop in Alexandria. Going to be cranking and running out of there still every day. And then, uh, yeah, food truck. We're, we're like, I'm booked solid for like the next two months with gigs. So. What do you mean you book solid as a food truck? Like, like, like I have like, uh, like, yeah, a lot, a lot of food, like, you know, there's different aspects of the food truck business. So you can run on the street and just do public service lunch or you can book gigs. So I gigs seem like a way better route. Yeah, it is. Cause less comp, you're only like one or two trucks would be at one. It's and like, then, it's like fishing in a bucket. Like, it's, yeah, exactly. You know, dropping a fucking, yeah, dropping in the barrel. So yeah. uh, I'm going to be, uh, I'm pretty booked up the next couple months. So got a lot of work I got to be doing. So I'm going to be cooking and dicing and slicing. I got a uh, truckaroo I'll be at at Nats Park uh, mm. three times this summer. I got an, that was stupid dope, man. Talking about like something that will like after my first year running, that was something I, I hung my hat on. When I was a kid in high school and I was in this area, I would go to the Nats Park. So truckaroo is a food truck festival that happens at Nats Park once every month during the spring from the spring to the fall seasons you know during the nats game schedules yeah. so when they have a home game once a month they have a bunch of food trucks at the bullpen that big drinking place mm. and live music place yeah they have a they have a so uh and jeff kelly he runs that man great guy uh and they have truckaroo there man it's a great event it's it's gotten a little bit smaller over the years being that there's been so much construction and buildings being built That's but crazy. it still runs it's an amazing event huge turnout in high school man i used to go to that as a kid all the time and i was like just mesmerized by it because i was like one day I want to own a food truck. So, you know, I was like out there and I loved it. And that was like one thing I put on my goal list. But before my truck finished being built, mm -hmm. when I was just running at my shop, you know, struggling, figuring out how am I going to get my big break? How am I going to like, you know, what am I going to do with this truck? I got to make it successful. Like all that anxiety running on me. One thing I put, like I wrote a list of like my accomplishments my first year. And one of the things I put was get truck a room, man. I had emailed uh, Jeff like once a month, I got the email from a friend of mine, uh, Andy, who worked in the Food Truck Association. Uh, she was kind enough to give it to me. Uh, and then I had re I asked her for it and I reached out to him. And once a month, man, for six months, I sent him an email. Hey, man, this is Roro. Like, Whoa. I've been a big fan of your food truck festival. Dedication. Yeah, since like blah, 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 blah. I'm telling him all my sad story. I'm like, I'm about to launch a food yeah, truck. Yeah, trying like, to get I, in there. I'd love to get a chance, blah, blah, blah. Like, let me know. Love to hear from you. Look forward to hearing from you. And I'll sign off. I sent him one like every month. And then one time, uh, the end of the summer uh, july uh yeah july uh two weeks before the july truckaroo he sends me an email finally he hits me up he's like hey man like i had someone drop out you want it and i was like fuck yes nice. yeah so i went and ran ended up being the biggest thing i've ever done like biggest event i ever did biggest money day i ever did like sold out like crazy we were crushed lines hell like, yeah you got a bunch of, bunch yeah. of drunk mlb yeah exactly fans yeah like, like lines around the corner man so i, I and i'm fortunate enough i went well did that now I got invited again this year to do it, so I'll be there three times. I'm actually doing the National Cannabis Festival on 420 uh, at RFK Stadium. Shout out to the National Cannabis Whoa, Festival. Wait, what? There's there's a National Cannabis Festival yeah, in, Nash in DC on yep. 420? Yep, on 420. It'll be at RFK Stadium, so get your tickets, man. Yeah, it's going to be dope. I'll be there running and serving my food truck. 
Uh, so I'm looking forward to that event. That should be a good dope event. <laughs> That's yeah, literally dope. Event. Was a, like, what, what, what are the odds? Well, time out. My mind's blown out. What are the odds <laughs> of on 420 that they're having a cannabis? I mean, they do it on purpose, obviously. In but, DC. It, but this year it lined up where it was 420 on Dude, a Saturday. Please tell me you're gonna have some like munchy munchtastic. No, no, no. Come on, man. No, you gotta have I mean, some special shit. That I mean, you yeah, I'm, I'm serving. Stuff. I'm serving loaded fries, so it'll be uh, all hand cut fries done with different toppings: chicken shawarma, steak shawarma, the gyro meat, the vegan gyro meat, falafel, and cauliflower. We gotta, have, we gotta put that like that chocolate baklava you've been, you've been you like yeah but I say dude, I haven't had it but it looks fucking delicious dude that's been a huge like for you gotta me, put that on menu man for all sweet tooth stoners like that? man yeah I'm about to say like, like I'm telling you man I've been in the business for three years it's, now is the first time a month ago I accidentally made that and now I, my Roro's brand finally has its signature dessert and that's the thing because I'm actually doing it wholesale uh, with uh, Detour Coffee and Darna Lounge. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah in Alexandria. I had a couple spots. Yeah, yeah, Ahmad over there, man. He's a real good dude, man. He, he reached out to me and he wanted to try some. I gave him some. He loved it. He was like, yeah, let's stock here. So Detour Coffee in Alexandria Sick. and uh, Darna Lounge, they carry it now wholesale. So that was pretty dope for me. And I was like, yeah, it's been, I sell out every time I carry them. Like, they're getting good feedback. They're 100% plant based. Like, you know, <laughs> Bacchus, they're okay, a like- pain in the fucking ass to make, I will admit. <laughs> Behind the scenes, they suck to make because I make them each piece by hand. So they, I got to figure out how to do it better. Is baklava kind of like a croissant, how you do layer by layer? Uh, Well, yeah, well, more like lasagna. Like you like oh, do you a like filo a dough lacery, uh, layer, a layer of whatever, peanuts, syrup, sauce, another layer of filo, and then you oven bake it. Oh, yeah, God. and then I take each piece and then cover it in uh, dark melted chocolate and then do an extra dusting. Vegan melted dark melted chocolate. Vegan. Yeah. Vegan dark chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, that sounds insane. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's going to be really good. funny. Yeah, but see, like I said, man, I've been fortunate enough to be really busy lately. And you know, I have when I say that's pretty funny, I was thinking about the fact that you can be at a 420 cannabis festival. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, your food off truck. There. Yeah, I was like, I'm yeah. thinking that's insane. Yeah, I'm doing the 420. I mean, I'm any opportunity that comes up, man, that's giving me an opportunity to showcase Do you my smoke? talent. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm definitely a user. I uh, I dabble in the uh, marijuana use. I think it's are you are you productive on it? Uh, well, I usually don't do it when I'm working. I never same, do it when I'm yeah, working. I mean, same, yeah, usually I, it's my it's my glass of wine at the end of the night same, or something dude, same. to decompress to like treat myself because you know I'm, I'm not a big drinker either mm-hmm. you know I, I go and have a drink or two but I don't like getting drunk I mean in college I did the whole after I was never a drink I mean in high school I was I was clean I never drank never smoked never did anything I was just like I'm always just been super like a type focused on my goals yeah you seem very like energetic like high strength I can imagine some yeah weed, and drugs some weed, don't some weed probably be good yeah drugs you, and man. alcohol don't do great for me except weed calms me down and like you know helps me with my anxiety and my like you know soreness from working because dude yeah especially being a chef Working and yeah. working out, dude. At the end of the day, like after you guys shit done, you're just like, oh, you take a little hit of that. Yeah, you're being like, a chef oh, and being God, a gym rat, not a good mix. <laughs> so I get tired all the time, dude. It's, dude, it's so crazy, man. I wasn't smoking for like, like I don't know, like months. Like I would only kind of hit it whenever I was just like at an art show or something, and someone had. I was like, yeah, sure, why not? But dude, like it was so nuts. I was like dealing with a lot of stuff in my life, like a lot of stuff mentally. Like I had a lot of big decisions coming up. Yeah, and I felt like I wasn't making the right choices. So literally. I, I borrowed my girlfriend's like oil pen and I was just like, yo, I just want to have this night. And I, yeah, got, yeah. I got like super baked and like, I don't know what it was, but like, I felt like it gave me clarity. Like, like it does. Like right? it, it was weird. Like it cancels I, I could, out the noise. Dude, for real. Like I could look at my problems like objectively and I was kind of like, yeah, I was kind of like, dang, like, yeah, like, you know, it, the, the way I just looked at everything, it was a good switch. Like it, it made me go through that noise and kind of be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, it gave me a new perspective. Like yeah. I used it in a, in a weird medicinal way. It was like, let's go, let's go see the genie. And then I did it. And I was just like, when, when I woke up the next day, I felt so sure of my decisions and everything I was going to do. Clear, yeah. I felt, it I, it I, helped I, get I, the I, fog I, out for me. That's I, why, I mean, yeah, that's why I love it. As I got a, a lot of clarity from me. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely great. I it was mean, crazy. It's, a, it's an herbal natural route to go. 
You know, it grows it grows from the grass. So have you done that oil shit? Uh, they're like pens, the cartridges. Yeah, just like the oil. Have you ever smoked? Yeah, the oil yeah, yeah. I've done no, those. Oil, I like those a lot actually. I mean, Dude, they're really, they're really clean and easy to use. And you don't smell like smoke when you're have smoking you done a, them. Have you done a dab? A dab? No, I've never Dude, dabbled don't, in don't the don't dabs. Don't do that shit, man. Dude, you get way too big. Really? I'm gonna say I've, I've always had a curiosity to, but I've never tried. Dabbing. I mean, like if you're if you're really good at handling your weed, then do it. But I am, I am <laughs> not. I'm a big guy, and I'm six four, so I think I can Dude, handle myself. I am not good at it. Like if I get too high, I'm like way too anxious and paranoid. But oh like, yeah, yeah. There's bad trips. Dude, I had a buddy in college. He used to make it, and that was the first time I ever saw. This was like six seven eight years ago he used to make oil in college like in really? our house yeah Damn. it was crazy it was weird like he would put it in a turkey baser and then put like um what was it this chemical through it and it drips out and then you put it on the stove it, it, literally, it literally looked like he was making crack <laughs> no, 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 you, you put butane through the turkey yeah, baser, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you like blow up there to pull bro, the bro, oil. bro he he gave me like a fat dabs, like, like, <laughs> like, just like fuck with me. And dude, it was just ridiculous, man. It was like, I was like scared. Like I, I've never been so big where I was just like, I don't want to be high anymore. Like I'm sitting there like, this is not <laughs> enjoyable. Great. Like no amount of food or video games is making me not think like about, my, about my, my heart exploding out of my chest. Too much of a bad thing, man. Too yeah, much. <laughs> that, was, that was just some crazy stuff, man. Uh, I just, I had to ask that question. That's really no, I love funny. that. <laughs> you never know these days who's a little closet toker. Yeah, but I say everyone's, you know, like, I feel like why is there such a, like, image of who smokes and then such a stereotype? Like, I run a successful six-figure business, man. Like, I'm stressed night and day. I work night and day. So instead of drinking, instead of spending all my money on, you know, getting fucked up and feeling like shit the next day or, you, you know. You could ball out. You probably make it You could buy buy some crazy yeah, car. Yeah, buy, buy a, you know, buy packs of cigarettes all day. It's like because I smoke weed, people like look at, like people would look at me like with judgment. It's like, man, I'm smarter, harder working and do better than you. Don't judge me. Worry about your life and what you do because I ain't judging it. So, right. you know, focus on you while I focus on me. And if we meet in the middle, we'll say hi and be cordial about it. But why is my choice be- like worse than yours or says more about me than yours does? You know, so that's one thing I don't like, you know, tell everybody. And like first thing when I meet them, like, hi, I'm a weed smoker. Well, well, well yeah. Anyone well, ask me, I'm like, yeah. Well, I well, well, it's it's I funny because it. it's like, it's like, oh, it's like. You know, if, if you get nothing going on and you smoke weed, you're like, oh, you're fucking weed loser, yeah. smoke weed. But Piece if, of shit. But if, if you're doing something like what you're doing, or, or, or yeah, yeah, you're just like you're doing smoke weed, like, oh yeah, it's respectable. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. It's like why? It's not. It's not a. It's not a moral compass. Dude, you're, dude, you're so lucky. I don't have the studio set up where I could like smoke in here, or else I would totally lie <laughs> <a couple laughs> right be now. like a Snoop Dogg pocket in one of those Snoop Dogs. He does that all the time. Dude, that's just like crazy. He, that. he gets his guests <laughs> stupid big. <laughs> nah, dude, I, I can't wait to have this set up where I can just like pour some whiskey and like just like randomly light up a little blunt or something oh, like that. like that'd be going crazy but dude man um i can't wait to see what you're going to do with your uh with your new pizza shop that you just announced in here that's crazy yeah, yeah. and um the food truck and everything else man yeah man i mean like i said man without people like you without friends and family who support man i, I can't do what i do and you know i'm you know telling anyone out in a little message to anyone out there if you're trying to you know chase something if you're trying to do something ask yourself how bad do you want it and what you're willing to do to make it happen. And if you can answer those questions honestly and truthfully to yourself, then by all means, I tell you, hit the ground running and keep going and don't let anyone tell you different, man. I have, I had friends, I had family, like, who like jokingly would always be like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> like even my mom and my dad, when I first like had the idea and I told them like, you know, when I dropped out of school, like, you know, I had an attempted suicide and was going through rehab yeah. and like dealing, they're like, you know, you dropped out of school and you, you want to now be a chef and open up a food truck. Like the fuck is wrong with you? And I like, you know, I was stubborn. I was, I believed in myself so much and I believed in my truth and my past so much that I was like, fuck all the outside noise. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to hit the ground, like going fast and furious with this, with this shit. And, you know, I haven't looked back since. And, you know, there's, I guess, plenty of stories out there where people, you know, crash and burn too. But, you know, I'm fortunate enough. And I tell anyone out there, you know, you owe it to yourself to be honest with yourself, to work 
through life. You know, never give up on life. You know, take it for someone who tried, man. Life is a beautiful, magical thing. And people tell me now, like, you know, like you said, like, you seem like you got so much energy, like you got so yeah. much passion. I wasn't always like that. And it was because I went through the things that I went through and I kept pushing through and I kept trying and I kept seeing that small little light at the end of the tunnel that I was, you know, able to get to where I am and hopefully going to continue going to where I want to go because I know I'm small time and I ain't, I ain't big time yet, but I'm working to get there and I'm going to do everything in my power to get there. Nice. You know, so yeah. So, I mean, appreciate the love from you having me today. You know, I really do. That means the world to me, man. I was like, I've, I've been seeing your stuff and big fan of you and came to your art show and everything like that. So, you know, appreciate I'm always it, man. in your corner it. too, man. So I appreciate you having me. Today. Yeah, man, people got to support her. I actually got to go to your food truck one time. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's tough, tough man. I know it's tough because I'm always different spots. So it's not like I'm stationed and full day hours. But, you know, anytime people come out, I appreciate that. I mean, it really, cause, I mean like I said, I work the truck so people will see me when they come to my truck. You know, like, I, like sure. terrible at delegating, <laughs> getting other people to do it. So but I dude, love it so but much. Dude, I mean, but you're 100 right, man. Like with what you just said, like the adversity is key, and I think everyone needs to have it. And when you deal with it, you need to deal with it. Not s seek something else to cover it up, and you know, not seek like whether it might be like clinical drugs or whatever it is. Like yeah. you, you need to deal with it, like in in try and persevere like, yeah, yeah like, like you know that's very powerful dude. yeah like we talked about things like you know i have my vices and i'm human and everyone is but at the end of the day like you know find that compass find that north star find find out what it is and don't lose focus of it and if, if, veer off occasionally because that's only human and that sometimes kicks your ass and gets you going even further than where you thought you were going to go before Facts. but keep focused on that man keep looking up at that occasionally and always come back to that because that's what's, you know, that's what's keeping it real with you. And that's what's going to make you the happiest, truest, and most honest version of yourself that you can be. Hell yeah, brother. Mm -hmm. Well, sweet, man. Um, if I love having a show, dude, if, if anyone wants to follow you or your food truck, mm -hmm. um, where should they go? Uh, follow me. So my personal uh, blogging is at Chef Roro's World. My business, uh, Roro's, is at Roro's Lebanese, the Roro's food truck. And then uh, coming soon, Roro's Pizza. <laughs> nice <laughs> just, just roast pizza <laughs> yeah all right sweet guys well thank you so much for listening and listen to our awesome conversation so uh that's it that's the angle peace hmm.